We've all made money mistakes. Maybe it was maxing out your first credit card and not realizing it had a high interest rate, or maybe you made a bad investment without doing your research first. And then sometimes getting into financial trouble happens through no fault of our own. But no matter what, it can be hard to look at our finances head on. And it can be really hard to talk about them, especially for women. I'm Bola Shokumbi, a certified financial education instructor, money expert, and the founder of Clever Girl Finance. And this is Fair Shares, honest conversations with real women about financial topics. It's brought to you by the Washington Post Creative Group and Mass Mutual. In this series, I'll be sitting down with women from different generations, life stages, and career paths. We're having frank and intimate discussions about their finances, and I'll help them think smarter about solutions and strategies they can apply right now. Because at the end of the day, I want them to feel financially empowered and optimistic about their futures. And guess what? I want you to feel that way too. Okay, let's get to this episode's story. Ariana lives in Santa Fe, and she'd been a supervisor at a high-end hotel when she was sent home in March 2020. But then in July, she got called back. She decided not to go. The reason was clear to her. Her son, Jackson. Wait, we gotta focus. You stretch out so I get caught. Do it again. Do it again. I'll do it again later. We're doing this right now. It's time to listen to Miss Anna. Is what you're doing right now very nice? Can you answer my question? Can you use your arms? Okay. Ooh, sorry. Good hugs. Good hugs. I know it was an accident. I heard you didn't say it. But can you be safe with your body? Thank you. When Jackson was a toddler, Ariana noticed he used fewer words than other kids his age. When he was school-aged, the way he processed language showed up in new ways. He knew his letters and shapes, but he had trouble saying them. Even though he was making progress with a speech therapist, he was getting overlooked at school. With more time at home during the pandemic, Ariana saw improvements in Jackson's learning. She wanted to continue to be available for him in a way a full-time job just wouldn't allow. But full-time caretaking is not without its financial challenges. So that's what we'll be talking about on this episode of Fear Shares. So Ariana, I'd love for you to tell me about your life and your family. What is Jackson's personality like? What are his favorite things to do? Absolutely. So Jackson and I are a blended family with my fiance and his son as well, who is eight years old. And we're getting married in October and they're, the little boys are so excited to <laughs> finally be brothers. That's, thank you. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing for them is like, oh, we're going to really like literally be brothers. They've been in each other's lives since, uh, since Jax was a year and a half. So they're really close. As far as what our lives look like right now, obviously, now that I'm home with Jax, we spend like every waking moment together. <laughs> um, I do most of my, any work I have to do, I really do after he goes to bed for the most part. So you're working full-time, and Mm -hmm. at the same time you're working full-time, demanding job, you're identifying Jackson's special needs and trying to get the right referral so he can get the right support, and then Mm -hmm. trying to find the right school that can support his needs. And then (laughs) you get to the point where you find a great school, he's in a great program, he starts to make progress, and then the pandemic happens, Mm -hmm. and you get furloughed. Um, take me back to the moment when you learned that you were going to be furloughed. 
because of the pandemic and how you were feeling emotionally and mentally? Well, during the pandemic, I was in a strange position where all of a sudden they started cutting all the staff at my work. I was Since I was in a management position, I was one of the last to go. Mm-hmm. It was scary for me to be there thinking I've got kids at home. My stepson has a heart condition. And Mm -hmm. the idea of potentially bringing something home was absolutely terrifying. And so I had to show up because there were like three of us. So I had to go. But I was really thinking, I don't know how much longer I can do this safely and feel like I'm doing the right thing. And I went home for the day that day. And two days later, they called me and said, "Okay, you've been furloughed. We're closing up. And so uh, it was sort of a sense of relief that I, I felt like I could breathe a little bit and that I could stay home and hunker down and be safe. But there was that feeling of what does this mean financially? We didn't know that there was going to be any kind of unemployment support. I didn't know really what was going to be happening with that or what that even would look like. Of course, it was at the time not what I was making in my salary. So there was definitely adjustments Mm -hmm. to be made. That was a bit scary. You know, my fiance and I had bought a home in 2019. And so we had a mortgage and I had amassed a bit of debt, a bit of credit card debt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So my thoughts were, okay, well, obviously the first thing, I, if I have to stop paying things, the first thing to go is going to be my credit cards because those don't put food on the table or keep a roof over our heads. So I'm going to stop paying those if I have to. And I started having to think about those kind of tough choices that yeah. I might need to make. So it was it was a little bit scary and relieving. It was a lot of emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. conflicting. Yeah. You're not only worried about Jackson, you're also worried about your stepson and you potentially exposing him to something and then getting furloughed and the financial impact of that. So I, I can imagine there was a lot going on in terms of how you were feeling and just a lot of fear. You know, when I think back to that time, I'm like, wow, it was crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's something I obviously never expected to experience in my life. And it put things in perspective. Absolutely. I didn't have any kind of savings or anything. I hadn't planned for, you know, an apocalypse of sort, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, with everything ending and all of a sudden having no income of my own. Um, Fortunately, my fiance was considered an essential worker at his job. So he was fortunately still working Um, and it felt safe enough because there was nobody else there. Yeah. Um, so that was really good. I think that was the the thing that kept us afloat. Honestly, if we had both ended up not working, I'm not exactly sure what we would have done. Yeah. It would have been really hard. And as the pandemic progressed, businesses started to reopen, you know, a few months into the pandemic, July, August. But you decided ultimately to stay home with Jackson as his full-time caretaker. How did you come to that decision? What made you decide to be home with him permanently? Well, in the about a month leading up to that, um, I started getting notices from my job that they were going to be having a, a reorientation for everybody coming back and that they wanted me to plan to come back. I started having like kind of panic attacks in the middle of the night and things like that, thinking not only that I really didn't believe the pandemic was done and that it was going to be safe. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so, guys. So that was it. I was really not comfortable. But also... I had literally no options for childcare and none that would have felt appropriate for him.
you're dedicating your time to your son. How are you feeling now that you have this time with him and how is he doing? Honestly, it is the most fulfilled I've ever been as a mom. I had a lot of mom guilt working full time and no judgment on anybody who does it. I think it's it's such selfless <laughs> things to work for your family. For me, I was heartbroken knowing that my son really needed me at home and I couldn't afford to not work those 50 hours a week. During the pandemic, I didn't end up filing for bankruptcy. So that, that did alleviate a big old chunk of debt that I was paying for. So that's a big weight off my shoulders. But being home with Jax is so fulfilling. It's so challenging, obviously, but he's the best and I just love being with him. So staying home with him is wonderful. He's doing great. He has made leaps and bounds. He saw his pediatrician in, gosh, July and she was like, this is a different kid. (laughs) So he's an amazing kid. He really had so much potential that just needed someone to help him unlock it. And every day he surprises me with his growth and uh, I just can't see it being any other way for my life. And I'm doing everything that I can now to find out how to support myself from a home position because I don't want to to leave him in a place to get left behind again. Yeah. And that's great that you are able to be there to witness those milestones. And I'm sure that your presence there has made a big difference for him and the progress that he has made. And that's just really great. Taking a break here in Fair Shares. We're talking a lot about financial tools and strategies in this episode. Thankfully, Mass Mutual has a wide range of accessible resources to help you take charge of your finances. If you go to the show notes, you'll find links to more information about all of these tools. You can also learn more at massmutual.com. Okay, back to the conversation. So let's talk about the financial impact of the pandemic and financial impact of having a special needs child. What have been some of those challenges you faced from a financial perspective with Jackson and his special needs? And what are your main financial concerns around that? So there are some therapies that are considered elective, but Mm -hmm. are insanely helpful. Like, for instance, his equine therapy, which he's actually doing now. His grandpa took him. It's my first time not going with him, but he is so in love with those horses. So that's all out of pocket. Right now, I do receive Medicaid, but when my fiance and I get married, I will lose that. I believe they will keep Jackson covered to an extent, but I'm not exactly sure how that's going to affect his coverages. He does have a secondary coverage through his father, but I might end up having to to purchase my own as well, which obviously is more uh, more cost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does receive, you know, he has his ABA therapy. He does his equine therapy. He also does speech therapy. He's going to be starting occupational therapy. So these are all things that, you know, under normal circumstances have, uh, I mean, they're not huge copays, but they, they add up. They still cost something, yes. You know, if he does need more services into his teenage years or adulthood, I want to make sure that we're able to cover those things and give both of them the most uh, normal, happy, healthy childhood and life that we possibly can. 
And that's something that I can definitely get myself nice and overwhelmed about. <laughs> well, the good news <laughs> is that establishing a plan will certainly help. So you talked about the different therapies that you want Jackson to do or continue that are going to be out-of-pocket expenses. When the world fully starts opening up again, there's all these regular life activities you want both of your kids to do. Don't allow yourself to get overwhelmed. Instead, start to write them down. And this is a great time to research the right financial professional that has a background in special needs planning that can help you along the way, not just to help you plan finances around Jackson and your older son, but to help you develop things like a special needs trust and a designated guardian for him in the event, God forbid, something happens to you or you're not there. And not just that, but also for your long-term goals or the things you want to accomplish in your life as you're working towards the future and even you and your fiance's retirement, you know, having that person that financial professional with that special needs background can help you create that plan to, again, minimize that overwhelm. And the reason why I emphasize financial professional with that special needs planning background is because they are able to better understand, based on their background and their experience, the financial challenges that face parents of special needs children compared to your traditional financial professional and they will help you work through setting your short-term goals and your long-term goals as a family and then you now have this plan that you can work through right and be able to breathe knowing that you know you have a long-term plan to work towards oh that sounds so great that's something that I honestly never even considered the possibility of. I've heard of, you know, financial planners. I've never heard of or realized that there could be somebody with that specific uh, kind of focus, which makes sense now that you say it, (laughs) that of course there are people who do that. Um, But, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And (laughs) that's not something I ever considered or thought of. And I love that idea. It seems like something only people with money have financial planners. Yeah. But it it definitely, (laughs) it makes sense that people who are like me, who are like, I just want to figure out how to do money. How does one even do money? That's the (laughs) general. To do that. (laughs) Sorry. No, no. That's, yeah, I just want to learn how to do money and do it right. So... You know, financial experts, financial professionals are not just for rich people. If anybody needs them, it's people who are trying to get their finances (laughs) together. And yes, they are certainly financial professionals that focus in that special needs planning area. Mass Mutual has incredible ones. And now that you know, you know, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. And once you get informed, you can take action. So definitely seek out one of those financial professionals to guide you with creating that plan for yourself. It'll give you a huge relief. I love that. Most of the time. (laughs) And um, I didn't really realize just how much money we're spending on groceries. And I think that I could probably rein that in a little bit. So that's something I've become more aware of. So we really are sort of restructuring our spending habits Mm -hmm. and doing more, um, more of it together. For the longest time, we really were kind of separate. And I really just managed our mutual account, which was for the bills, making sure that we didn't get 
overdrafted and things like that, um, making sure that we paid our loan that we have together, that one I could not put in the bankruptcy, unfortunately. So we still have that loan together, making sure that all that gets paid on time. And so really by financial planning, I guess what I really mean is just making sure I pay the bills. Um, I think for you, especially given that Jackson has special needs, there's a lot of therapies you're paying for out of pocket and are going, mm-hmm. going to continue to pay for into the future. And you also have that big surgery coming up for your other son. It's really important that you start putting money aside for the unexpected or God forbid, worst case scenarios yeah. and emergency fund. So you have a fallback and you don't have to leverage debt and further overwhelm yourself. So what you can do is build a line item into your budget to put money aside for emergencies or worst case scenarios if you are unable to pay for them, but there are essential things that you need to do like Jackson's therapy so Mm -hmm. it doesn't fall behind. So what you can do is take an assessment of your core costs, his therapies, your housing, your food, transportation, and multiply that by three to six, right? This is not the nice to haves. This is not the coffees or the shopping. This is the core. We're going to survive each month. And then use that as a baseline of this is what we need to save in this account. So we have three months of it or six months of it. And if you have to use the money for that, you use it and then you replenish it. That's going to be very helpful given that you are going to have these expenses. I think it's also really, really important that you look into, you research, and you understand your family and medical leave rules for your state, you know, since you're staying home with Jackson, just so you know what additional benefits or what benefits exist for you as a mom to a special needs child and also for Jackson as well. That's something that you can explore. And like I mentioned earlier, sitting down, researching and sitting down with the right financial professional that has a background expertise in special needs planning so that you can establish your special care trusts for your son, any supplemental needs trusts, and also permanent life insurance, right, is really important so that Jackson has just protection and he has money put aside for him if something were to happen to you, right? Um, And even also estate planning and establishing who is going to be the guardian, God forbid something happens to you. Just really being prepared, not to sound morbid, but it's just something important important. to lay out. Yeah, so, you know, definitely think about, not definitely think about, you should. (laughs) (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Start doing the research to find that financial professional to help you. That's really important. A couple other things to consider are also if you can establish a family trust, right? And this is a separate bucket that you put aside where you specifically save money for Jackson. You know, so your emergency fund is going to cover you guys as a family, but specifically for Jackson, putting money aside. And as I mentioned, life insurance is something that's really important, especially because Jackson may not be fully independent on his own in the future. And you want to make sure that it's structured in a way that protects him if you are not there. So what you can do really is go to Mass Mutual's website and take a look at their life insurance calculator and run some numbers based on your family's needs to determine if what you have is a good fit or if you need to adjust that accordingly. And I also wanted to mention that when you sit down with that financial professional talk about an estate plan 
overall, right? You own a home, you're paying off a mortgage. Um, that's an asset that you essentially want to be able to pass down the right way to your child and make sure that you just have more control about the future, not just for yourself, but for Jackson as well. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. So that's also something you can start to think about establishing since you're not employed. Right now, you can still open up an IRA, whether it's a traditional IRA where you contribute before taxes or a Roth IRA where you contribute after taxes. And you can start to put in money incrementally. Even though you're managing your budget, you can see if you can find opportunity to put in small amounts to start to invest for retirement. And if your husband, uh, your fiance, I mean, um, he's currently employed. So Mm -hmm. a great thing to do also right now is to see what retirement benefits he has at his job. Is there a match? Does he have a 401k or an IRA offered to him that he can take advantage of and also take advantage of the match, which is essentially when an employer matches a portion of your contributions into your retirement account as an incentive for you to save. Those are things that you guys can take advantage of now. And there are certain tax advantages that will benefit you from doing that. So your kids' goals are very important. Their needs are very important. Jackson's needs are very important. But I don't want you to forget about yourself. And, you know, both of you, when you get to that point where, okay, we want to retire now, we want to take a break, we want to enjoy our lives. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> yes, no, that that's good to hear. Sometimes it's easy to forget about yourself, especially when it's like retirement is nowhere near right now. So thinking about that in the future is something that's really easy to be like, I'll, I'll do that at some point. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cross that bridge later. But my fiance does work at a really great place that does offer him retirement. He does have something set up. Me, on the other hand, um, I've never worked for a company that had retirement options. Uh, mm-hmm. So I do not have any of that set up. And it's funny to think about saving for retirement when you're unemployed. <laughs> so, But it is something that I've been thinking about, too, especially now that we are getting married. And there is like, you know, what do we we've talked about that. What do we want to do? for the rest of our lives together. And of course, we want to travel, we want to eat good food, and that costs a lot of money. And, you know, there's a lot of things we'd like to do. So um, I love the the idea of also making a little space for, for future me. Yeah. I'm sure future me is going to enjoy her life too. <laughs> and it's, it's perfectly fine to start the savings and investments small, right? Think about how can I make small increments? I love that. Yes. <laughs> Well, Ariana, thank you so much for sharing and for being open and sharing your family story with us, Jackson's story. And I wish you all the best and a ton of success into the future. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for taking the time to share all that with me. I feel so much less stressed out about <laughs> about that. That's good. And uh, and it's funny to say, but sometimes it's nice to have another mom give you permission to think about yourself <laughs> sometimes. It's, it's really easy to hear that from your friends. Everybody says, you know, don't forget about yourself. But it's also refreshing and nice and soothing to hear that from a successful mom, too. So thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you, Ariana. Absolutely. Thank you. This has been Fair Shares. Throughout the series, I'm talking with women from different backgrounds and stages of life. Like Heather and Kat, they're friends who have a lot in common, but they're on different career paths. 
I like that I don't necessarily have all of my eggs in one basket. You know, I'm working so many hours I don't get paid for. It's purely out of passion. I love what I do. You know, it's really stressful just living off of your business cash flow. Don't forget to check the show notes for links to all the resources we discussed today. If this episode got you thinking about your own financial situation and goals, carve out some time this week to take next steps. I promise you'll feel better and more confident. And as always, MassMutual.com is a smart resource that's easy to navigate where you can begin to answer your financial questions. Until next time, thank you for listening.